Hello and welcome to a live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here, and that's my partner in the backcourt, co-host A.D. Drew. A.D., you, you've talked me, you've pushed me into this live world where, where I don't get to make up for my errors and mistakes by the power of editing. Thank you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine, my brother. Well, we said we were going to go live for uh, football season, so... Football season is here, so we might as well get our practice one in now. We're going to run this one a little bit longer than we're going to run our su- Sunday night shows. No, normally during the season, we'll only run an hour. But we're going to give you some bonus time today, everybody. La- yesterday was the last Saturday without college football. So it's on. Start today. It's game week. Week zero week starts today. And college football returns this weekend. And from here on out, all the way into, ooh, probably the end of, what, middle of January? I think something like that. If you count pro football, we've got to, what, mid-February now? Yeah, with Saturday football. So, uh, you know, as that that great meme says, uh, fellas, I hope you got the chores done. Ladies, you know where your man is. You better grab him on Wednesday, Tuesday. Because uh, those are the only days when football is not on TV. So you better grab him on those days. I mean, Thursday night football, Friday night, you go catch your local high school football, right. Saturday college, Sunday NFL, Monday NFL. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that time. Well, uh, let's get into it. We've got a, a full loaded show for you today. Uh, we're going to get into talking about uh, week one. Well, I, obviously, there's week zero coming up, but we're also going to get into talking about week one of the college uh, football season and a uh, special guest coming up in the next block, our good friend, Charles Edmond of the Alcorn state sports network. Also the host of brave talk with Charles Edmond, which you can find and listen to on our BCSN pod zone. And uh, so, you know, looking forward to talking to Charles about Alcorn state and what we can expect from the Braves who are chomping at the bit, I'm sure, uh, to get after North Carolina Central in the MEAC SWAC Challenge coming up on, I believe, what's that, Saturday Saturday evening, matter of fact, right, Drew? Uh, I believe it's 7 o'clock. It's either 7 or 7.30 uh, Eastern time. But just stick around long enough because you're going to see the promo doing this show. Oh, you're going to see plenty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hang out for the commercials. We got plenty of promos to uh, remind you of the game time and everything like that. So 
Yeah. Um, you know, thank you for uh, making sure. Hey, look, log on. My BCSN1. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app right there on your Google and Play Store. And anytime our show or any of the other shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network, and they're a host of them, anytime those shows go live, uh, you will get a notification. You know, so uh, matter of fact, I'm sure if you're paying attention, if you are part of the, uh, if you downloaded the app, you knew that when uh, the pregame show went live yesterday from, uh, what was that? What was the event where they, you know, it's, it's called the merge when the freshman band members merge into the to the sonic boom, right? You know, I, I I felt a little conflicted being the producer on that show, Brian. All I heard was a lot of hate about the hundred. I, I heard a lot of venomous talk. That's, well, that, that, just, that's the first time I've actually heard the number 100 in two days. Yeah, well, you know, there, was, there was a lot of talk going on there. There, by there was the watching, you name a number other than 100. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were called. Yeah, we we, we just going to lay back in the cut like Rattlers do. and uh, Strike, so strike, step, and strike, strike again. Strike again, exactly. So we'll let, we'll let JSU – there's a lot. JSU, look, this is their – this is their time, folks. So let's just go ahead and let them talk. We're just going to sit back and watch, and we're going to strike and do all the other stuff. So everybody's going to get their shot at Jackson State like a pinata, so just lay back in the cut and wait for your turn. FAMU gets the first crack. Everybody else is going to get a shot, so just go ahead and enjoy it when it comes your way. That's all I can say, but it'll be a fun year, so we're looking forward to, to that. Drew, let's kind of get going here. A lot of news and notes, and, I, I you know, we always – in our shows, our, our shows a lot of time are mainstream centric, uh, but but I want to make sure we get in some volleyball talk early, and make sure we give some love to volleyball because for a lot of programs, very similar to football, they were almost you know they they dealt with limited seasons. Uh, some programs did not even play; they set out just as long as some football programs. So we want to make sure that this upcoming fall. We make sure we we give some attention to volleyball. It's a great sport. And so I know we've got some preseason honors that came out for the MEAC, the SWAC, the SIAC. And, you know, I'm sure we'll get to some others a little bit later on. But, Drew, let's start with the with the SWAC honors uh, for, the, uh, for this year. Obviously, the SWAC now, a 12-member conference. So it's a little interesting – how uh, the how the breakdown or what the ads and coaches think the preseason will shake up as this year? All right, you you got the swag right. That's just oh, I thought I thought I was starting off with the SIAC. Excuse me, I had the SIAC pulled up. Give me just a moment. That's a, I, I thought we go. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I thought we go with the good show prep on the live show. That's all right. Hey, we got it. We 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 working it. We working it. I I've got the MEAC pulled up. I do have the SIC. Pulled okay, up. I've got. I do have the the SWAC predicted right. predicted order of finish: Alabama A and M one, Alabama State two, Jackson State three, Prairie View four, Bethune five. All of those received first place votes. What I find interesting with those top five, Brian, A and M received eight first place votes. Jackson State received seven first-place votes, but Jackson State was third overall in the preseason ranking. So everybody's got Alabama State finishing 
two, it seems like, on little preseason polls. Yeah. Uh, Fab and Bethune, back-to-back, five and six, the newcomers to the conference. That's that's interesting. That's quite interesting. Um, Go ahead. Keep going. I, I'll have a little tidbit about that in a second. UAPB, seven, Alcorn, eight, Grambling, nine, Southern, ten, Texas Southern, eleven, and Valley is 12. Notice Southern at the bottom there at 10 got two first place votes. So, you know, somebody, you know, there's a couple, there's more than one. Now, again, we're going to go with the assumption that you can't vote for yourself or that you should not vote for yourself. So, you know, I don't know that to be true, but hopefully that is the case or that is the, the general rule of thumb. And so that means somebody's thinking pretty highly of Southern uh down there now jackson state is the program that last year i believe finished unbeaten uh they went 11 and 0 last year or i, I can't even say last year it was this spring they went 11 and 0 yeah they I can't even say last year it was this spring they yeah. went 11 and 0 last season exactly 9 and 0 in the conference so they're on an 11 game winning streak coming into the start of this year and it's preview a&m who uh, I believe, no, it was APB that actually lost. Well, you can't really say they lost. They had to forfeit the championship game to Jackson State. And so UAPB had made it to the championship game, but due to some COVID-related issues, um, they they lost. So it's funny, if you, if you go to the standings from the spring, you'll see two teams finished their season on win streaks. That was APB and Jackson. So Jackson ended up getting the bid, and I'm sure Jackson State folks will tell you, ah, oh, there's no problem. We would have won that anyway. But, you know, just saying. And so here, here you have the actual preseason, preseason order finish. Uh, Pine Bluff seventh behind the two newcomers, Jackson State third. So, yeah. Speak, yeah. Speaking of Jackson State, Brian, they led all member institutions with five preseason selections for the uh, – First and second team, followed by Pine Bluff, team that finished uh, right there tied with them in the standings. Grambling with two, Southern with two, Texas Southern with two, Prairie View with two, Alcorn with one, and Bethune with one. Find that kind of interesting that, you know, in volleyball, the newcomers were able to get preseason honors for player of the year. But in football, they did not give anything to the new blood being FAMU and Bethune. I guess each sport chooses that a little bit differently, Brian. Uh, so you said, so wait a minute, there were some players from Bethune and FAM in the, in the player awards. There was, there was one from Bethune. Uh, nobody from FAM was chosen, but one player from Bethune was chosen. That being Aaliyah Dallas. She's okay. a middle hitter blocker and she was Plus. a second team. She must have had some pretty outstanding stats from 2019 and probably was just one of those things where you just couldn't leave her off. But usually the SWAC has that rule where they just take the players from the previous year or the previous season and bump them up, which, you know, hey, look, it is what it is. So makes it. Last thing on the SWAC, uh, preseason player of the year, Zion Smith, UAPB, preseason blocker of the year. Haley Gomez, UAPB, and preseason libero of the year is Jada uh, Jada Taylor from Grambling. Nice, nice. Uh, let me get to the MEAC for a moment. The MEAC 
uh, announced their preseason honors presented by Town Bank. Coppin State junior libero slash defensive specialist Ashley Roman was selected as the preseason player of the year. And the Eagles, Coppin State was selected as the preseason favorite to win the conference. Now, Coppin finished second last year, losing in the championship game to North Carolina A&T, who won their first ever uh, volleyball championship last year. So uh, this year, a lot of people, uh, it must be, you know, probably due to some returners. Coppin, obviously, on the preseason All-MEAC team, Coppin has uh, three three young ladies on that list. Uh, Roman, uh, they also have a young lady. Uh, and if I, if I mess this up, I'm apologize now. Uh, Mia Javon Coleman, who's an outside hitter, and Karima Hopkins, who's a setter. And so they finished with three. Dell State had a couple of players. Howard had one. Central had one as well. And Coppin, in the order of finished, now, with the MEAC as it relates to volleyball, unlike football, there are eight teams competing in volleyball. So, you know, they they, they do have a split. Uh, well, no, I don't think they have a split. I think they just all play each other. But Coppin had eight first-place votes. Howard, who had won five in a row conference titles, that is, prior to last year, had three. And everybody else got a first-place vote except South Carolina State. So, yeah, go figure. I got a feeling, Drew, that some people must not be paying attention to that rule about don't vote for yourself. I'm convinced of that. Nobody has confirmed or denied that yet, but I'm just I'm just thinking that nobody listens to that rule. So let's go over to the SIAC for a moment. Uh, Drew, any comments there on the MEAC before I jump over to the SIAC? No, you good with that. Moving over to the SIAC. Now, hold on. We got we got we got to make note of something here. And if you caught it in the intro of our show, or maybe you didn't know, but the SIC has done a bold new rebrand. This just came out uh, a few days ago. Matter of fact, on Friday, I, I just I, I love the Friday news dump. But anyway, this came out on Friday that the uh, SIC unveiled a bold new brand. We actually had it in our sh- in our in our promo in our pre uh, pre show uh, role intro so, intro. Thank you. I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> uh, so, so you got that there. But yeah, the SIC has a new look. Uh, what, first off, what are your thoughts on the new look? It's it's, it's kind of fresh. Uh, you know, you have to be careful. You change iconic looks. You, you know that that SIC. Logo has been around ever since I've been associated with the SIAC. I know they've had previous logos, but that's the one that I know. So you have to be careful when you when you change it, especially when you go from the navy blue that they traditionally had to more of the Carolina blue or Columbia blue. Well, they have a nice have a nice incorporation of both of it in this new logo. Say that again. I said they have a nice incorporation of both of those two colors are still there. Yeah, but the the Columbia is like a lot more prevalent than it used to be. Yeah. Columbia blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, it's, it's, it's just like anything. Some people go like it, some people go dislike it. You get used to it. Yeah, I I always love the. Uh, I, I don't know how you 
I don't, you know, I don't know. In short, uh, Commissioner uh, Commissioner Moore uh, stated that uh, when we began the effort to both re-examine the SIC brand, one of our objectives was to explore how best to cultivate and calibrate the brand in a manner that will reflect how the SIC would like to be perceived and defined in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I like it personally. I You know, it's, it's fresh. It's a nice, fresh look. So props to the SIC on the rebound. You get my thumbs up on that. Nice job. <laughs> so let's go to the volleyball preseason honors, which were announced. And it was a middle blocker, Cassandra Fairley of Spring Hill, who collected her second SIC preseason offensive player of the year. Her teammate, Taylor Fontenelle, was selected as the preseason defensive player of the year. And uh, those two uh, young ladies for Spring Hill um, are part of the reason why Spring Hill is the preseason favorite in the Western Division, followed by Kentucky State, Central State, LeMoyne, Owen, Lane, Tuskegee, and Miles uh, in the SIC. Now, over in the Eastern Division, it's Albany State coming out with the preseason ranking number one, followed by Benedict, Clark Atlanta, Savannah State, Fort Valley, Edward Waters, and Allen. And it should be noted, Edward Waters and Allen, they are first-year provisional members of Division II, so they are not eligible for the SIC nor NCAA volleyball postseason competition. And I love the fact that the SIC has a balanced East and West in the volleyball division, Drew. I, but I just... they do not have a true balance. Okay. Because only five teams on the East side can compete for the championship versus but... all seven teams on the West side who can win the championship. And those are led by Spring Hill predicted to finish one, Kentucky State two, Central State three, LeMoyne four, Lane five, Tuskegee six, and Miles seven. I just said that. You didn't hear me say that. I'm messing with you. Um, <laughs> you uh, so the the fact drew that uh, two of those schools over in the East don't get a play, but I bet you their games will count on records. Will they not? I, uh, which is a catch twenty two. You know, I, I'm playing a team that can't compete, but they but their games count. It's almost that like you, that could cost you. That could cost you a trip to the championship. Did, did we see that happen to a team to back in 2019, Brian? Yes, yes, it did. Yeah, and, we, and we know who we are talking about. Yeah, yeah, different sport, but yeah. So I mean, yeah. that's one of the that's one of the traps and one of the catches there uh, as it relates to that. So uh, no, uh, now as of tonight, I haven't seen any published report from the CIAA as it relates to volleyball. Have you? I don't think we have. Yeah, I don't see anything. I haven't seen anything either. All right. What else is in the news? Uh, so, yeah, we wanted to make sure we get volleyball off the bat. What else is in the news, Drew, that you want to touch on before we go to a first break? Uh, caught me off guard with that one, Brian. I got you. But look, hey. I, <laughs> I look, well, I, <laughs> Because this is the volleyball was supposed to take up the whole segment, and we three minutes short, so you caught me off guard. Well, well, look, we're three minutes short, so one of the things that I can mention 
is the fact that one, we did see the announcement come across. And uh, I think the Carlos Brown show talked on it that the uh, Southern has renamed their field uh, after coach Pete Richardson, who I believe if I have it correct, won five SWAC championships and four black college national championships. Uh, I think he is, I think they say, or I think I heard that he had a winning record over um, Eddie Robinson during his time at Southern in those Bayou classics. So um, that, you know, it well-deserved, well-deserved. I I think uh, coach Richardson is one of those elite coaches, you know, maybe not on the Mount Rushmore, maybe not on the Mount Rushmore of HBCU coaches, but he owned a decade. I got to believe he, he and Southern were one of the premier teams I would say the nineties, the nineties were Southern's year. Uh, so, you know, much like we credit A&T and Bethune for being the top teams of the last decade, the decade before that was probably, uh, let me see the first part of the two thousands. You'd probably have to mix in maybe Hampton as one of the premier teams of that decade. And then I would have to say, yeah, the decade of the 90s, you'd probably have to include Southern, obviously, FAMU. Um, yeah, that, that that's probably about it. I mean, Southern was, they was they were there. every Almost every other year, I think they won, uh, I think it was, I think it was odd years. They, they won four Black College National titles all on odd number of years. So I, I think I've got that right. So, yeah. um, so congratulations to uh, the Richardson family. And it's a tremendous honor. And that, so there'll be uh, A.W. Mumford Stadium playing on Pete Richardson Field. Yes. Uh, now, also, I saw that, uh, and this is off of onitin.com, that um, the Bauman Gray Stadium's field is going to be named after Coach Bill Hayes. So the, uh, you know, Bill Hayes. Uh, representative of Winston-Salem State and North Carolina A&T. And so the playing surface at Bauman Gray Stadium will be named Bill Hayes Field in honor of the man who coached both schools to a combined six conference titles, 195 victories in his career. Um, And uh, so that was voted on by the Winston-Salem City Council last week. So Good to see, good to see uh, our legends uh, being recognized, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Before before we go to break, Brian, sure. Want to get this one in? Wild Buyer, Will, Marceline, what? Sincere, what? Chimed in on Facebook. Wait, say that again. Wild Bear, Will, Marceline, Sincere. That's the person's name on Facebook. God bless. And they said this, so do not shoot me. Flomo in the building. <laughs> they, I'm, I'm just quoting what they said. All right. <laughs> All right. Well said. Hey, they, they, uh, they, they're part of the the kickoff weekend coming up this week. So we're gonna see what they're about. We're gonna see what they are about. Looking forward to seeing uh, Florida Memorial as they take on Edward Waters University 
now. I, no longer can we say EWC. We got to go with uh, you, the you, <laughs> E-Dub or EWU. I, I don't know which one sounds better. I'm still looking for what sounds better. They, they'll figure it out. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure. I like E-Dub better. Yeah, but they'll probably say, no, don't call us that. Just like they don't, the Florida Memorial does not want to be known as Flomo. So let's just, you yes. know, you, you, that, that tells you the person who said Flomo, that's old school right there. Exactly. That is an old school because they don't want to be known as Flomo. I, we were told that explicitly last year when I think you might have dropped a Flomo reference or two. And they were like, no, 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 no. We are not Flomo. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. So, all right. When we come back from this uh, break, Charles Edmond of the Alcorn State Sports Network is joining us. We're going to talk about Alcorn State, find out if the Braves are ready to reclaim what's theirs. So that's coming up after the break. You're watching and listening to a live edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD will be back right after these words. The HBCU football experience is back in Atlanta on August 28th. College game day, the Coca-Cola fan experience, the battle of the bands. The Cricket Miak Swag Challenge will have it all. Visit MiakSwagChallenge.com for more information. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Hear the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Zero Sugar, Sunday, August 29th, 4 o'clock, NRG Stadium in Houston, featuring the hottest HBCU marching bands, Southern University, Lexington University, Tennessee State, Northland State, North Carolina A&T State, Texas Southern, Bethune, Cookman, and Jackson State. Don't miss the battle on the field and the stands with scholarships, over $500,000 in counting for our HBCUs. It's an HBCU experience you don't want to miss, with a weekend of activities with, with the Cracker Barrel, Barrel Step and Stroke, Pepsi Zero Sugar Emerging Experience, East Sports Masterclass and Game Tournament and the free Pepsi Zero Sugar College and Health Fair. Tickets start at just $15. Get them right now at National Battle of the Bands.com. It's the Cracker Barrel National Battle of the Bands. Sunday, August 29th, NRG Stadium, Houston. Gates open up at 2.30. Also sponsored by Cricket and HEB. National Battle of the Bands.com. Get your tickets right now. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Texas Southern takes on Prairie View A&M for the Nick Gurley Traveling Trophy and the Labor Day Classic on September 4th. Tickets available online at tsusports.com slash LBC tickets. 
Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here. And joining us right now is the voice of Alcorn State Sports, the one and only, the legend, Mr. Charles Edmond. Charles, pleasure. Thanks for joining us, man, on a live show. First live guest that we've ever had, I think. Uh, I, I appreciate it. it. It's a pleasure and honor to be on the Black College Sports Network, to be a part of this uh, powwow. And we're, we are six days away from week zero. Looking forward to it. It's been, it's been boring at times, but now it's going to get exciting around here. The website says five and some five and some change. So I, you know, I don't know. That's what the that's what the Alcorn State website says. Or maybe you know, obviously we're under six days according to the nice little countdown on AlcornSports.com. Yeah, we're five days, and uh, I think the game starts at six o'clock central. So yeah, we are. You might as well say if you want to be technical, we are five days and change away. So that is exactly right. Uh, well, Charles. I definitely look forward to bumping into you uh, in Atlanta for the uh, for the BX SWAC Challenge or the SWAC BX Challenge, as Dr. McClellan likes to say uh, so gracefully over there. So what we see Alcorn on the field after a year and a half away from football, what are we looking for? I think we're looking for a Braves team offensively that's going to score a bunch of points. Uh, Felix Harper, we all know what he did two years ago coming in off the bench against McNeese State, almost leading us to victory in that game. Big wins over Prairie View and Alabama A&M. That helped you know, secure the Eastern Division. I mean, Felix grew up in front of our very eyes. And, you know, he's a lefty, so, you know, you don't, you don't think of it that way. But, you know, here's a guy that's not the tallest in the world. And I talked with our quarterback, Quinn Gray Jr., who played in the NFL for the Jacksonville Jaguars, by the way. He, he, he talked about how special this kid is upstairs mentally, physically. Uh, this, this team can score some points, and I think that's going to be the one thing that I'm looking at. Can this team pick up where it left off offensively? Because I think if they can score the points that we know that they can, and just looking at and, uh, North Carolina Central, and I got their stuff right here in front of me, just breaking it down initially, I don't know if – North Carolina Central has the weaponry to be able to go toe-to-toe with the Braves scoring the football. So if the if Alcorn offensively can pick up where they left off with Nico Duffy running the football, you know, getting it to Charles Pringle, you know, spraying it around, if they can put points on the board, I don't know if Central can match Alcorn point for point. So that's what I'm looking at to see where this offense, where this offense is, because, because Central lost a lot on defense. They lost a lot on the back end. They lost a lot on the defensive line. So they're, they're, I'm not going to say depleted, but they don't have the power that they had two years ago. So if the Braves can score some points, I don't know if Central's offense can keep up with all corn point for point. That's kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, the, um, that, that, it's funny you, you bring that up because I, that's one of the things that I was looking at in this contest is that Central, uh, we, had, we had grown so used to Central being a, a good defensive team uh, and I think that may have been a product of, of coaching and who they had in there as their, you know, coaches in that program. But yeah, even two years ago, uh, they were giving up and we're talking two years ago, 2019, 
Uh, they were giving up 27 points a game while only scoring 17. So it's, you know, we're talking two years later, Coach, uh, I believe, Trey Oliver, um, what, you know, and that was a first year for him. So now he's had almost two years to sort of, you've been sitting two years trying to figure out what to do. And I I think that's an interesting angle as well. Both teams have been sitting, I believe, because I don't believe Central played in the spring, did they? No, no, they did not. So both teams, it'll be almost two years for both teams. Yeah, so that, that'll that be interesting. But obviously one team, Alcorn's coming in with so many returners. And that's a, that's an amazing story. Well, I don't know. I mean, look, it it is what it is. But I, but I think that's a credit to the culture and the environment that so many key players at Alcorn return. Talk a little bit about that, you know, and that you didn't have major guys uh, departing in the program. That's right. Um, the one guy that that we that left that transferred, he transferred to Louisville. A guy on the back end of the defense, Contavious Cole, he transferred to Louisville. But other than that, um, and one other guy, a guy that could have been our backup quarterback was vying to be our backup quarterback, Jaron Russell, kid from Texas. But other than that, those are the two big pieces that we lost. But other than that, I mean, Felix Harper, the Charles Pringle. You know, you just look at that defense. You know, a lot of those guys, you know, they they wanted to run it back. They wanted to come back. And I, I think not playing in the spring, having spring practice in terms of the spring season, I think really has given this team, you know, a fresh perspective. They look fresh. You know, I've been at of that practice probably 85, 90% of the time. You you didn't get the sense that, that they were lagging or dragging. Uh, they were really excited and not overly excited because I talked with some of our coaches and they were concerned going into camp. This team might be too hyped up because we didn't play. I didn't get that sense from being out there just about every day. They just took it as a business-like approach. And this team is hungry because remember now, we're not the defending champs. Alabama A&M is. We're not the defending division champs. We're in the Western Division now. You know who that is. It's UAPB. So we, we, we go from being the hunted to the hunters. So I, I get the sense that this team, you know, didn't lose a lot. But, you know, again, it's the rest versus rust factor. A lot of people saying, man, this team's going to be rusty. Well, yeah, they are. Central will be rusty too. But I do think if our offense can get it going quickly, I don't know if Richard, a quarterback who had 13 passing touchdowns two years ago, 2,000 yards passing, you got to respect that. I don't know if they can go point for point with Alcorn, but we'll see. You know, Charles, you brought up an interesting point right there. Alcorn is not the defending champion, but their title was not taken away from them on the field. It almost reminds me of Ali and and Frazier. Ali was stripped (laughs) of his title. Frazier won it because it was out there, and he won it fair and square. But Ali, Frazier did not take the title from Ali. So this is kind of the same thing. Alcorn had the title. ADM has the title now. ADM did not defeat Alcorn to win the title. And I'm going to take that step one further. Phoenix Harper was player of the year, did not get a chance to defend it. Aquil Glass winds up becoming player of the year. So what do you feel is just on that? I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Look, we, we, we didn't play. I mean, I know Braves fans may get a little sensitive when it comes to that subject, and it's fine. It's okay. But we didn't play. We didn't play in the spring. It's unfortunate that we didn't play in the spring. 
So since we didn't play in the spring, someone else was going to win the title. Someone else was going to be player of the year. Another team was going to win the championship. Another team was going to win the division. I mean, I don't, me personally, I don't have a problem with it because we just didn't play. And it's, un, it's unfortunate that it happened the way that it did, but it happened. So for me, hey, let's just, let's just get on the field come Saturday and, and let's see how this thing, you know, plays out. That's the way I look at it. You know, A&M clearly was the best team in the conference. You know, Quill Glass, Ibrahim, you can't take anything away from that team, from that program. They're just dynamic offensively. You just kind of hate that we are in the Western Division because, you know, if we were in the East, that all-corn A&M game would probably be one of the games of the year in the conference. But that's not the way it happened. If we see them again, it'll be for the championship. But I don't have a problem with, with the accolades going to where it's going because we didn't play. I know some people might have an issue with it, but let's let's just step back and calm down and realize since we didn't play, you have to look at what the players and teams did in the last effort, which was in the spring, and we didn't play in the spring. And and let me add to that. I, I think it, it shows – by the fact that Coach McNair has not made a big deal about that, I think that also speaks to uh, where the players are because they, they get that. If, if Coach McNair had made a big deal about that and had talked about it on various occasions in different interviews here and there, that would be you, – you know that's a thing that's being talked about in the locker room. But I, yeah. I, I have not heard that from him. I don't believe that is, you know, the sense of who he is. And it's like, okay – let's just move forward we're moving forward we know what we got to do we got a job to do we we, we'd have to play the best and it just so happens that this is a swag year where you legitimately have three to four teams that are going to be in the hunt on each side so it just doesn't it doesn't matter if we were in the east we'd be in just as big of a dogfight as we were in the west which you are you know so uh that's it i I, i'm shamefully I'm, i'm mad that the schedule makers did not find a way to set up that all corn A and M game, but you know who you know who knows that it is what it is. Uh, speaking of schedules, though, Charles, and, and really, I want to ask you about the psyche of the program and players. Obviously, when you've won the division title six years in a row, you've won the conference back to back, but you've never really gotten you know Alcorn has not gotten their flowers, you know, so to speak, because they've come up short in that last game. But they have done. They have been just as dominant in the past decade as the other teams that we've been praising, which is A and T, Bethune, uh, maybe even Grambling at times. But just just because of the recency of those last two games, Alcorn really hadn't gotten that national respect. If I if I can say it out, you know, and heading out towards the the the, the Carolinas and up the East Coast. What's the psyche of when, when you get a sense of the program from the coaching and the coaches, the administration, uh, athletic administration, what's the psyche like about that? The fact that, hey, we've come up short, but we should be getting our flowers just like everybody else. Um, I, I haven't heard anyone really talk about it, to be honest. I, I think that they they know and they understand that in sports today, it's all about hoisting the really big fish and the really big fish in the NFL is the Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers could attest to that, you know, coming up short. Uh, back in the day, the Minnesota Vikings went to four Super Bowls, came up empty handed. And, and you know, they, they were expecting more flowers. They didn't get it because they didn't win the big game. And in HBCU football, the big game is the Celebration Bowl. And yes, we have come up short. Yes, we have. 
but I, I think that it, it's a Debbie Downer probably for the first 30 to 45 days after the Celebration Bowl. Um, I, I remember two years ago, we lost that game, scoring over 40 points that, to A&T. I talked with our defensive coordinator, Cedric Thornton, and he, and he said he just played that game in his mind probably 30 times in probably a 45-day period and watched the game countless times. But I think once you get into signing day, once you get it, once the calendar turns into February, you know, players are back and getting, getting in shape, you kind of move on from it. It stings, it hurts, it's painful because that's, that's the big fish that all HBCU football programs, especially in the SWAC and the MEAC are trying to get, which is a celebration bowl. We've come up short, been unfortunate, it's been disappointing, but, but you know, there's no pity party here, you know, as, as far as that's concerned. And uh, we're just looking forward to this upcoming season, looking forward to, you know, winning a tough dogfight in the West and getting back to Atlanta again. Atlanta seems to be our home. And again, the mantra for us is starting in Atlanta, which we will, and hopefully we'll, we'll end it in that town come, come December. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Charles. My last question for you. Six conference road games. No secret. I've, I've personally said it would be tough and challenging for Alcorn to win their, their half of the division with six road games. So internally, is it is it a rallying cry or will it be something that will become a crutch that's just too much to bear? What 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 is the sentiment on campus about that? Oh, it's tough. There, there is no question about it. When you go to Southern, when you go to Bethune, when you go to UAPB, uh, when you go to Texas Southern, that's that's no picnic, <laughs> you know, to uh, say the least. Uh, again, I, I just just being around the players and the coaches when the schedule came out, and we, we you know we have eight games on the road overall, three at home. Yeah, I was talking about like, man, it's gonna be tough gonna be rough but you know what Fred McNair to know one of Fred McNair's in spite of all the injuries in spite of whatever else is going on in spite of not playing the spring in spite of eight road games we still have to proceed forward there's a shirt he has a shirt that says in spite of so that's his that's his rallying cry in spite of all that so there's there's no crying there's no belly aching about that we we understand and we knew coming out of the spring that we probably were going to have a road heavy schedule anyway so we kind of knew that so when you look at it, I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, look at our first division game as a member of the Western Division. A Thursday night game in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, coming off the heels of a tough South Alabama game five days earlier. Right. That's no picnic, ladies and gentlemen. That's no picnic whatsoever. But in spite of that, Braves got to get ready to play. And that's going to be a nationally televised game. And uh, everybody's going to be looking at that first game as a member of the West. So there's no complaint about that either. And that's the one thing I must say, guys, this, these coaches do not complain. These players do not complain. Whatever's laid out in front of them, they deal with it. They go with it and they go for it. And I, I don't expect that to be a problem at all. It's going to be tough. There's no doubt about it. But I, I think if, if we can start out one and on the division, if we can win that Thursday night game against the UAPB, I think that'll give us a great deal of confidence as we roll forward into the season. 
In spite of, I, I want one of those shirts, Charles. You, I, I'm, <laughs> I think if you I, get, I'll see if I can get you one. Hey, if you can get me the same size that Coach McNair, because I think I'm probably about maybe about the similar size. So, uh, I you know not as tall, but across the shoulders. Uh, yeah, in spite of, I love it. I love it. I, it yeah. sounds sounds like a winner. Um, so look, uh, okay, so college game day, it'll be in the Center Park Stadium, which is uh, that's where Georgia State plays uh so it'll be an outdoor contest uh hopefully good weather in atlanta college game day you looking forward to uh being a college game day uh are you going to be around for on the set for for that charles i'm gonna try to i'm i'm, I'm gonna try to i mean that's that's gonna be um a, a really really big deal because i believe uh college game day you know going out on the road in in this you know covid environment you know getting back out there for them and I think it's it's going to be exciting. Uh, we're going to have a big tailgate. I think, from what I was told uh, from the producers, they want to see the big Braves tailgate tent in, in the background there. So, and you know, we we tailgate as as good as anybody in the country. So, I, I think see. they want to see the smoke. They want to see the burgers frying. They, I mean, they, it's going to be a heck of an environment. And um, I, I I'm looking forward to game day. I'm looking forward to Lee Corso's pick at the end of the show to see who he has. Uh, in in that game, I think everyone's just looking forward to it. And 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 as Jay Walker said, I interviewed him not too long ago, and he said that that sh it should have been done a while back, but he's glad it's happening now. And so I, I'm glad that this is happening. And just to give all porn and both central as well the attention that they deserve, I, I think it'll be terrific. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Well, I, I'm hoping I see you because uh, you should you should stand out, and I hope you have a sign. <laughs> Somebody get Charles a sign, something creative that he can hold up. We'll see it in the background, no doubt. If you're standing anywhere back there, Charles, we'll see it. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then my my other hope is that when Migos performs, I'm hoping that Lee is dancing with Migos. I'm, I'm betting. <laughs> I am betting that if Migos does walk it like I talk it, I'm telling you now, Lee will, will be dancing. Mark it here. Take it to the bank. You know, plus 500 on that one. Lee will be dancing yeah. with Migos. So I know it'll happen. But I, I'm looking forward to a great production, great – and then a great game. I, You know, I, I'm looking forward to to seeing what Alcorn does. So, uh, again, uh, Charles, tell them where they can find you and all the plugs and all that good stuff. Well, I'm on uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter. My uh, Facebook uh, page is Charles Edmond. That's, that's my name on Facebook and on Twitter – uh, tall man radio is my Twitter handle. I want to give, I want to give a shout out to a couple of people that's, that's helped make this possible for me, especially on the social media front, a guy that does the sidelines, uh, for radio Cedric Tillman. He's the one that also introduced me to social media. He's also the one that helped set up my Facebook and Twitter page. Cause to be honest guys, seven, eight years ago, I was scared of social media. I really, I was terrified of it. Wow. And over time, I'll, I'll never forget. We are coming back from Montgomery, Alabama driving back and he he kind of convinced me like man you got to get on social media man that's just the way to go and i'm like ah and, and and while we were in the car he actually set up my facebook and twitter pages and off we went and it's been it's been great since so he's also going to be producing the fred mcnair uh show uh stream as well tomorrow so that's on monday so that's going to be it's going to be fun there so my social media platform charles Edmond on facebook on twitter uh, tall man radio and just I'm having a lot of fun with social media meeting you know people I hadn't seen in forever and it, it's just been a great thing and I appreciate the support.
Yeah. And so what time again is that show? The Fred McNair, McNair show again is what time? Uh, the Fred McNair show will be uh, seven o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Central. It will be produced in our, our uh, radio studio. It'll be streamed. People can call in. People can tweet questions and people can text questions. Uh, just talking brace football. I've got my I've got my depth chart for uh, for the game and Fred McNair will give us the starters. Offensive defense. We're going to have some changes on special teams. We got a new kicker. Um, it's going to be two or three kickers we'll have. We'll be implementing during the course of the season. Something we hadn't had in years past. We only had one guy doing the kicking over the last three years. That's going to change starting Saturday. So we'll we'll really do a deep dive into that. I got an interview with Coach Oliver. We'll get his perspective on all corn, and we'll get Red McNair's perspective on North Carolina Central. So we'll kind of bounce one off the other and and see what we come up with. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. I, lo- I love I love coaches shows. I, I don't know. I feel like that's the one time when you don't get coach speak. It's like you get them kind of relaxed. And I mean, you know, the fan interaction with good questions. Uh, th- I love the I love coaches show. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, and again, make sure you're uh, tuned in. Black College Sports Network uh, will be I think we're broadcasting that. Uh, I, I'm, I think we are. Uh, but also you can find Charles. Uh, Brave talk on the uh, BCSN pod zone. So anytime that uh, if you, if you happen to miss it, I know you'll be able to catch it there as well. So uh, be looking out for that again at tall man radio on Twitter. Make sure you follow Charles Edmond and uh, good luck to the Braves. We're, uh, we're going to be tuned in and hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys have a good game. Good weekend. Well, I appreciate it. Pre- appreciate all the work that you guys are doing and uh, let's have some fun in Atlanta. Exactly. Let's have some fun. That way. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to it. All right. When we come back in the next break, we're going to talk a little bit about more of the matchups from week zero, get into some of the, the hype games of week one games that have got our uh, attention. So we'll talk a little bit about that and more coming up after this break. You're watching the BCSN sports wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back right after these words. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Football bands and one of the best fan experiences in the country. The Cricket BX Swag Challenge kickoff returns to Atlanta on August 28th along with special guests. College game day. Then Alcorn State takes on North Carolina Central with conference bragging rights on the line. Center Park Stadium is the place to be on August 28th. Come tailgate all day before enjoying a primetime matchup on the gridiron. You don't want to miss this. Check out MeAxWackChallenge.com for more information. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. 
Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. Yes, that sound means it's time once again for the 36th annual Labor Day Classic. Featuring the Prairie View A&M Panthers versus your Texas Southern Tigers for the Battle of the Lone Star State on Saturday, September 4th. Kickoff, 7 p.m. at BBBA Stadium. Don't forget the halftime battle of the band as the TSU Ocean of Soul take on the PBAMU Marching Storm. Tickets are available online at www.tsusports.com slash LDC tickets. Let's bring the Knicks Durley Traveling Trophy back to its rightful home. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. All right, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD, make sure you are following us everywhere on social media. You can see up there at the top at MyBCSN1. Download that Jericho Broadcast Networks app if you would. Go search my JBN or my BCSN on your Google or Apple Play Store. Like and subscribe wherever you're listening or watching this show. Like and subscribe. And then, you know what? Go share it with a friend or two, please. Please. Pretty please. Thank you. All right. Uh, Drew, week zero. We're going to we're gonna uh, go short segment here before we go to the top of the hour. Short segment for week zero. And then we'll come back on the other half and talk about week one. So, actually, there are three games that are part of week zero for HBCUs. Um, and they go in, in sort of kickoff order. We've got 2 p.m. Eastern between Central State and Kentucky State. That game being played in uh, Columbus, Ohio, at Ohio Stadium, the classic for Columbus. Then we also – now, we'll talk about that in a second because that's, a inter, that's a, also an SIAC matchup, and so those two teams do play. Yeah, but, but that's a non-conference conference game. Yeah, and so then they play later in the season. So I, anyway, um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a moment. <laughs> then we've got uh, at four o'clock the kickoff between Edward Waters and Florida Memorial, the first football game in the brand new community field and stadium on the campus of Edward Waters University in Jacksonville, the Big Cat Classic. So here you got Florida Memorial, which they tried to have a season in the fall of 2020. They kind of played a couple of games. So I guess we can say, I don't know. Do we say that was the official rebirth or are we saying this is the rebirth? I don't know. What, what do you... uh, I, I guess we could kind of consider that just like spring was for everybody else. It was just training. It happened. Extra reps. Right. It, it happened. happened. It happened. Right. It happened. But this is a full season coming up for Florida Memorial. A true full season. Lord willing, uh, everything, no issues happen. So uh, this will be. And then, of course, Edward Waters, which now is Division Two, Florida Memorial, NAIA, which is where Edward Waters was previously. 
and so that'll be interesting, an interesting matchup as uh, Florida Memorial travels up 95 north to go play in Jacksonville. And then, of course, at 7 p.m. in Center Park Stadium in downtown Atlanta, the MEAC Swag Challenge, 7 p.m. on ESPN, the big channel, the big network, watching Alcorn and Central. Uh, all right, Drew, most intriguing game of week zero. I'll, I will rank these in order. Um, probably number one would be the BX SWAT Challenge for obvious reasons. Uh, it's got two teams who've been off. Actually, correct me if I'm wrong, all these teams that are playing Saturday ex- except for Grambling have been off for two years, correct? No, because Edward Waters played in the spring. Florida Memorial played in the fall. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But I think the uh, I think the BX White Challenge is the most intriguing game just for the fact that these teams have been off and will Alcorn be the Alcorn we know. And Alcorn scored a lot of points, but Alcorn also used to give up a lot of points too. So let's see where they are defensively this year. That's that's number one. Number two, Kentucky State, Central State. Will Kentucky State continue to run the type of offense that they ran in 2019, or will they come with something that's more modern and conventional uh, as of today's game? Because nobody runs the option. Uh, like Charles Bishop said, they're still running the option on Grambling from 2019. <laughs> <laughs> and... Somebody has to finish number three, uh, Ever Waters and Florida Memorial. I would love to see the new stadium down there in Jacksonville and see the work that they've done because you and I both know what that plot of land looked like three years ago. So that that intrigues me about that game. New coach at Ever Waters, but also Coach Tim Ice-Harris having a full – off season and consider everything that Florida Memorial went through last year to see how well they respond to it this year. I have a completely different order. I might, that actually my number one get now, how, what is your ranking based on your, your order is based on what? Just, just personal entry. It's just personal gut. If, if I had to spend $25 to go see one of these games, which one would I go see first? And that's how I did it. All right, uh, that's that's good. So I, for me, of interest, Edward Waters, Florida, Florida Memorial is a, the number one interest game for me. I, I think because of that fact that you have a new stadium, a new new field for Edward Waters, Florida Memorial, uh, a lot of a lot of questions coming off of their previous year. I I think this is an interesting matchup. Two teams that yes, even though Edward Waters is D two, they're probably very well we'll find out are they similar or is there a separation factor because i I think florida memorial had quite a few uh they probably have about 60 some guys 60 or 70 guys uh in that program uh from last i heard and that was a a year ago so i don't know but you I, i think that there's an opportunity there that that is the more intriguing game i expect Alcorn to beat the brakes off of central I, I think they will, whatever, I'm waiting to see what the line is on that. I'm taking, I think, Alcorn by at least two touchdowns. I, I don't, I, you know, I'm thinking take the first half over. <laughs> I just, 
I'm just telling you, I think Alcorn just runs, just runs rough shot over Central in that contest. And then uh, Kentucky State, Central State would be my number three. I'd be more interested to see how many people fill up that Ohio Stadium, you know, that horseshoe, because uh, that's where they're playing. They're playing in the horseshoe where Ohio State plays. So I, I'll be curious to see what the community support is for that contest between Central State and Kentucky State. So, yeah, a little bit different order, one, two, three, four, for you and I. But, uh, you know, it, it, hey, at least we got some games to watch um, as we find out more information in terms of where these games will be streamed and broadcast. We'll make sure to share that with you. All right. At the top of the hour, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're getting to week one. We're going to talk about some of the matchups that are just less than two weeks away. In two weeks, the big week, week one, for most of everybody, we're going to break down our top HBCU versus HBCU games, as well as our top HBCU versus HWCU, or as some of you might know as PWIs. Uh, we'll, we'll break down those top five games as well. So more to talk about when we come back for the second hour of the Sports Wrap with Brian and AD. We'll be back right after these words. Um, can I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate it. Got it. Sunday, August 29th, 4 o'clock, NRG Stadium in Houston. Featuring the hottest HBCU marching bands. Southern University, Langston University, Tennessee State, Norfolk State, North Carolina and State, Texas Southern, Bethune-Cookman, and Jackson State. Don't miss the battle on the field and the stands with scholarships. Over $500,000 in accounting for our HBCUs. It's an HBCU experience you don't want to miss. With a weekend of activities with the Cracker Barrel Step and Stroke. Pepsi Zero Sugar Emerging Experience. Esports Master Class and Gaming Tournament. And the free Pepsi Zero Sugar College and Health Fair. Tickets starting just $15. Get them right now at nationalbattleofthebands.com. It's the Cracker Barrel National Sunday, August 29th, NRG Stadium, Houston. Gates open up at 2.30. Also sponsored by Cricket and HEB. NationalBattleOfTheBands.com. Get your tickets right now. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's it's the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready, because we pregame harder than the other show's party. It's the pregame. The HBCU football experience is back in Atlanta on August 28th. College game day, the Coca-Cola fan experience, the battle of the bands. The Cricket Miak Swag Challenge will have it all. Visit MiakSwagChallenge.com for more information. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place 
for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSM Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. But, you know, my